This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey, everybody, welcome in. It is the. It is a Thursday. Combine workout starts today. Combine's been buzzing all week long. This is the Utopia Football Podcast. It's great to be with you. I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. on mornings on Sports Radio 610. And I am pleased to be joined right now by one of my uh, my very best friends in the business, does a phenomenal job covering the Houston Texans. And if you're watching on the video stream, you can probably tell he is live at the Combine in Indianapolis my man Cody Stutes is joining me on the Utopia Football Podcast today to break down some combine and some of the things going on with the Texans in free agency. Cody, how's Indy treating you, brother? It's been awesome. I mean, I, the draft is one of my favorite things on the NFL calendar. And I got to go to the combine in 2019, and I haven't been able to be back since. So to be back, talk to the prospects, just the buzz, who you see, who you see, and who they're talking to. It's it's just so much fun. The combine is so great. It's it's one of the only events where the entire NFL descends on one city, and so it, it's a really unique and, and, and fun thing. At a perfect time of the year for it to happen too, because obviously we got free agency coming up. There's decisions to be made with franchise tags. You and I are going to talk in a minute here about uh, Nick Casario's press conference yesterday as we record here on a Thursday. I guess just in general, I mean, you you don't really have anything to compare it to because, as you mentioned, the last time you were at the Combine was in 2019, which was a completely different generation of, of Texans football. So tough to compare it to, say, like last year for you. But I guess just in general, like what's what's your what's your feel on the buzz around the Texans as you get around people that are outside of Houston in one place right now? That I'm, I'm so surprised at how a lot of other people view the Texans. And the one thing that I heard the most the first night just talking to different people who cover other teams was, hey, do they have enough at wide receiver? Are those wide receivers any good? And I was like, any good? Like, did we not watch Nico Collins be one of the 12 best wide receivers in football this year? Like, Tank Dell was one of the best rookie wide receivers before he got injured. And so I was really surprised by that conversation. And then, again, multiple people were like, hey, man, they really got to go get Mike Evans. I was like, I don't think you really understand what they've got going on from an offensive standpoint um there that was kind of the weird sentiment one person even advocated for trading for t higgins and i was like i don't 
I don't think you have a good grasp on football. Okay. And, and then, and then, but I was really intrigued by the thought process of a couple different people where they said, Hey, the Texans, CJ's awesome. They were really good last year. They got a bunch of cap space. Is this a push all the chips in the middle of the table off season? Is this a go all in off season with how many different players are available in free agency that are pretty interesting? And it's, it's something that I don't believe they believe in the Texans themselves, but you can you can push a lot of chips on the table and, and still actually have a lot of chips. I think the Bears are the perfect example. They spent big in free agency last year. They're one of the top teams with cap space again this year. And, you know, they spent big thinking they had their rookie quarterback. They maybe didn't and maybe don't. The Texans do have their rookie quarterback. So you can make a big investment and still have – the ability to make another big investment the following year, too. Yeah. Cody Stutes. I should mention, uh, Cody, Houston football. Mm-hmm. And I got to mention this, www.houfootball.com. This is the site I use. It will not show up if you if you don't put the www. So I feel like I'm in 1997. Uh, yeah, I yeah. I feel like you but, need to get in. I, I feel – I know you're – you're, I, I know you're in your uh, – your um your beginning stages, you're one season in to to building the empire you're eventually gonna have at Houston football, but you might want to hire an IT guy to see if they can do something about that <laughs> WWW thing. Yeah, for for sure. I, I just tell the people throw Cody Stutes Houston football in your Google machine and you'll find it. And it's great. And Cody sends out the emails, he's got the Substack um video, everything, does a phenomenal job uh covering the Houston Texans. He's live at the combine. All right, so that actually what you just talked about, Cody, is a good segue. Um, into what I wanted to start in with with you, because Nick Casario met with the media on Wednesday, and um, I thought not nearly as nugget friendly as D'Amico Ryan's is. I feel like D'Amico gives more to the media than Nick does. We're a year in on this thing now, so I think we're just kind of used to that. Um, But I I thought Nick was surprisingly candid in the answer to a question that you actually asked him about the franchise. The question was about the franchise tag. And I think there was some stuff there that may be hinting with the franchise tag, which we'll get to in just a second. But I thought the sweet nectar of that answer was kind of a sidebar that he went into where he talked about two things. One, kind of conveying that they could be conservative, the Texans could, with the cap space. And when I say conservative, that they're mindful of being able to carry cap space over into next season, which I think a lot of people who want them to be aggressive probably didn't like at least hearing that. I mean, that's what they're going to do. The big thing was Nick volunteering the name Nico Collins, saying, I know you guys are going to ask me about Nico. And that was within the context of looking at guys to possibly extend down the road. So perfect segue off of what you said, which is I'm, you and I are in agreement on Nico Collins. I think he's one of the I think he's one of the ascending really good and could be one of the best receivers in football potentially. What what was your reaction to the Nico Collins part of Nick's answer there? So, it, I mean, he literally just brought Nico Collins up without being asked about him. Never does that. Never and, does that. And, and and it's, I almost wonder just the way he talked about it. And he and he and he met with with local media after the podium and talked a little bit more. And he said, "Look, we have been open that we'll do a contract whenever we need to do a contract. If it's." Before free agency, if it's during free agency, if it's after the draft, if it's in the summer, if it's in training camp. Titus Howard last year is a perfect example of training camp. Yeah. Is like, We will do a contract when we need to do a contract. And him bringing up Nico Collins, saying that, I almost wonder if there's going to be at least one, maybe a few offers on the table for Nico Collins to take. Now, if I'm Nico Collins, I, I say no thank you. And I play another year. I hopefully am awesome. 
and then maybe I get franchise tagged. And then after that, I'm probably making $25, $30 million a year because the cap's going to go up a little bit more over the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. But Nico Collins has made less than $4 million in the NFL so far. Like, then that's nothing to sneeze about for, you know, regular folk. But when it comes to NFL and top flight wide receivers, that's a pretty low number. So when a guy shows up and maybe it's a 16 to $20 million contract a year, it'd be hard to say no if you're Nico Collins. Sure. And for the Texans to know that Nico Collins and Tank Dell are for sure going to be in the building together for the next few seasons, I think that gives you a tremendous amount of peace of mind if yeah. you're – if you're Nick Casario, D'Amico Ryans, and look, you and I both know this, the offense is going to change from who's on the headset and, and who's talking to the quarterback. Eventually. Like, not this season, but eventually. Yeah, yeah. like like, C, like CJ's not going anywhere. You know, if you lock in Nico, he's not going anywhere. Same with Tank and the, the, the line for the most part. But Bobby Sloak's probably got one year. If Gerard Johnson's awesome and if it, after he takes over for Bobby Sloak, he's probably got one year. So it's mm -hmm. like – it. The less you change the players, the easier it is when something changes with yeah. the coaches. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. What do you think? Like, I know you play this game just like I do. Like, okay, what's the number? Like, what what's the what does an extension look like that you think that would be good for both sides? Not without getting too deep into guaranteed money and this and that avoidable year. Like, just in general, like years. And total value, what do you feel like is a number where you think like it's hard for either side to say no to? I, I would think when you get in the mid-teens, you know, yeah. early to mid-teens, it's, it's it's early teens is incredible for the Texans. I mean, yeah. just oh, it, yeah. the, the, the potential for him to be even a top 20 guy. When you think about how important the wide receiver position, if he's a top 20 guy in the early teens from an average annual value, that's that's a really good spot to be in. Um, you know, mid-teens, 15, 16. You know, and again, and, and the first part of that answer with Casero talked about the franchise tag was kind of about the money and how, yeah. like, hey, the tag, it hits your cap right away. Just because Nico Collins makes $16 million a year doesn't mean it's $16 million a year every year on the cap. Mm -hmm. you know, so you can manipulate it, spread it out. Hopefully you're extending him at the end of that contract because he's been really good. So it, it's not – I don't think it's the 20s because the team needs to have some sort of protection from a guy that was hurt for the first two years of his career. Yeah. But the teens, as far as the millions go, it feels, I feel really comfortable with most of those numbers. Now you get to 19, 18, maybe it's a little uncomfortable, but again, he turns into a top 10 wide receiver. Those guys make $30 million now. Yeah. Like, like yeah. if he's making 18 and he's a top 10 guy, like that's incredible. I, I like I, I the 18. I feel like I would do that deal if I were the Houston Texans. I think if it's if it's 18, I think it's that's more. I think it's more likely Nico says, "Well, I'll see what happens. I'll I'll play with C.J. Stroud another year and go get me another 1,300 yards, and then sure. see what happens." It should be fascinating to watch play out over the next several weeks with Nico, especially given the fact that Nick volunteered that yesterday in response to your question. Um, so great job there by you. All right, so let's 
let's say, I guess before we segue into free agency, was there anything else that jumped out at you about what Casario said yesterday? Any other nuggets other than the Nico thing and kind of how they might approach free agency? Didn't, didn't love the, uh, I mean, I love the franchise tag conversation. Yeah. Don't love the idea they're going to use it. I mean, even with Dalton Schultz, it doesn't feel like maybe they're, they're interested in using that because he talked about, Hey, it hits your cap. We have the financial flexibility, but it doesn't allow you like if you don't have to stick that twelve million dollars, which is what it would be for Dalton Schultz on the cap. Don't don't stick it on the cap. Um, and I, I I felt like what Nick Casario did is he established that the Houston Texans with what sixth most salary cap space in football, yeah. they will not be an ATM for people to come see. Mm, mm. They like it, it as much as it was like, hey, let's let's be realistic with our money. It was also, we're not going to go be an ATM for all these free agents. You're not going to yeah. come here and get a bunch of money from us because we because you think we need a defensive tackle or a corner or an end mm-hmm. or something like that. And he stressed multiple times that they have a lot of free agents, some of the most in the NFL. And so I do think they, D'Amico Ryan's was was more effusive in his praise of current free agents that have played for the Texans. Very much. Nick Casario was a bit more analytical when he talked about that. He's like, look, we know the most about our own guys, but you have to weigh what we know versus a prediction or an expectation of a free agent. And then really what you weigh is kind of what he said is is upgrades. Is -hmm. is this guy an upgrade even though we don't know as much about him? All right, so let's let's transition over to that. Let's talk about free agency a little bit, and then we'll get to some of the things that you're seeing and looking forward to seeing at the Combine. Cody Stutes, uh, Houston football. Uh, joining me on the Utopia Football Podcast, so um, let's let's start with let's start with what you were just talking about. Texans inside the building. There is there anything D'Amico or Nick said over the last couple of days, or anything that 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 you are you know buzzed that you're hearing around certain guys with, that that have affected, I'll say, your handicap on the odds of certain guys coming back here. Do you feel like after listening to D'Amico and Nick talk? And then just hearing the normal rumor mill and things like that, that maybe there's more Texans that are getting ready to come back to the team than we thought or fewer. How are you feeling right now about the guys that are that were on the Texans last year? Not all of them, but just, the you know, we, we know who the main players are in all this, the five or six guys who are on who, who are free agents now. Um, what, what's your general feel on the, the Texans own free agents right now? I'll, I'll take the cheese from D'Amico Ryans and even Nick Casario on Devin Singletary. And, and, and I understand maybe that's very clearly sending a message to the free agent running back say, Hey, we like Devin Singletary. We're comfortable with him. But when D'Amico Ryans spends 30 seconds total talking about Jonathan Grenard and Dalton Schultz combined, and then he spends nearly 45 seconds talking about how much he loved Devin Singletary. Yeah. I don't think that's without reason. Um, and, okay. and with a, certainly an understanding of, you know, hey, they could bring back Devin Singletary, who had his most rushing yards uh, in a season with this team, went over a thousand total scrimmage yards with this team. They could bring him back, add to the running back room with something else, and they'd be within very much a realm of of being successful with the running back. I've talked to a few people that don't believe that Steven Nelson's going to find the market that he that is going to develop that he thinks is going to develop for him. Um, the age and being injured at the end of the season has worked against him in sort of the evaluation of what he can do. Um, so I, I, I don't, I don't believe Steven Nelson will be back. That's not based on anything that 
Casario or D'Amico Ryan said. I don't believe he'll be back, and that is a strong sentiment amongst people here in Indianapolis that Steven Nelson is mm. not going to be back on the Texans. Now, it's not a great free agent cornerback market, so if right. something doesn't develop, somebody doesn't show up, then maybe you feel comfortable bringing back Steven Nelson. Uh, the, the Grenard conversation is interesting. There's a lot of guys from other teams that really like him. Um, I, I heard the, the, the Bears kind of – we're a team that might be interested, just spend a bunch of money um, and have two young monsters at the end with Sweat and Jonathan Grenard. So mm-hmm. th- that's a really interesting one. I think Blake Cashman's a situation where if it fits, they'll bring him back. I, Nick Casario kind of slid in just a comment about him where if he's back, he has a role. And, yeah. and, and he's a guy that the role has increased every year with the team. Um, you know, some pretty good free agent linebackers. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, take it or leave it with Blake Cashman, I would think. I don't think it's one of those have-to-have it situations with yeah. him. And then, really, I, if they like a guy from a depth perspective, th- they would do well to keep that guy in the building and be comfortable with him as a depth player versus, you know, bringing in a new veteran that they don't know about. So I, I do get that sentiment that, hey, maybe some of these depth pieces could be back, whereas some of these previous starters might be swapped out for upgrades. Yeah, it is funny, Cody, because like you, you, all those guys you name, I was just reading an article before you and I got on the air about Alex Bregman and the, you know, he's, he'll probably be a free agent next year. And I was talking about the Astros and how they they just like I walk in free agency, but there always seems to be some sort of solution internally to backfill that. And, I, uh, you know, Pena with Correa and Garrett Cole leaves and you get all these pitchers and this and that. And obviously, players we're talking about are not at the level Pegman is as a player of the Astros. These are all sort of, you know, middle to upper tier, middle to like average to slight above average guys. But all the guys you're rattling off, like there really is no internal solution. Like this is still not a deep football. Like Blake Cashman leaves and now you're putting Henry Totoa in there. Steven Nelson leaves. Your next corner is D'Angelo Ross, you know, or, or, you know, Kadar Holman or somebody like that. You know, Dalton Schultz leaves and now it's the, you know, Brevin Jordan Teagan Catoriano show. That's no good, you know. So, I mean, it's not horrible, but it's like, it's not ideal. Um, Yeah. So, you're getting there. These walk in, there's, I think it, it really, their struggle, it may be a struggle to find guys to backfill, and it certainly impacts that 23rd overall pick as well. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. How free agency works, and I, I actually had somebody tell me that even if they made some successful moves in free agency from a defensive line perspective, they might still use defensive line as sort of the priority at that 23rd overall pick. But there's a, there's a lot of different ways they can go with 23 because you may get some really good players pushed down the board because of positions the Texans maybe won't address or wouldn't be in a position to address and so they push, you know, some good players that you do want or need down the board as well. Um, so before we get to stuff going on at the combine, as long as we're talking about uh, free agency, where are you on the running back position? I mean, you just talked about where you think things could go with Evan Singletary, but I'm just talking about your opinion, I guess, here, because Saquon Barkley has been a very polarizing figure amongst the free agency chair. Uh, Dick Henry's name has certainly been one that's been front and center. Josh Jacobs as well. Where are you on what you think Texans should do in terms of attacking veteran free agent running back market? I'm a I'm a Josh Jacobs Saquon Barkley guy. I, I'd like the big mm-hmm. investment, and with with Saquon, you I would hope that the 
the backup investments a little bit larger than, say, Josh Jacobs. You know, Jacobs is a couple years removed from being the scrimmage leader in the NFL. Um, you know, he's, he's played a lot of football. You know, Barkley had the injury situation in 2020. He's missed a couple of games here or there. I always look at Barkley and say, well, he's played more games in the past three seasons than Christian McCaffrey has. Now, obviously, McCaffrey's been in the playoffs, while Saquon and the Giants have usually been sitting at home. Um, yeah. You know, but I, I, I want that to be a dynamic position. And if they don't go with one of the big names, I'd like a dual investment. Devin Singletary and um, mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift and – um, so, but that that is a position, and with you know an extra ten million bucks that showed up on the salary cap, and you know Nick Casario yeah. kind of poo pooed that like it wasn't a big deal. He didn't but, get excited about it, did he? <laughs> no. With an extra ten million bucks, it feels like if you want to be a little bit extra, you know, you mm-hmm. want to get two appetizers instead of one appetizer at the restaurant. Okay, you've got the money to do that. Yeah. Um, where That's are you it. on Derrick Henry? I'm I'm curious. That, you know what that ten million bucks is? That's a running back gift card. That's what that ten million dollars was. Is, so running back is, gift that card. Is, that is a that is a that is a a Landry's. That is the, you know what we can go. I think we might be able to go to Vic and Anthony's tonight instead of Grotto. Yeah, you, yeah. you know. You, you um, asked about Derrick Henry. Um, yeah, where are you on Henry? I, I I feel like he'd be awesome for this team. I just worry that he is an outlier and then he's also an outlier. Like he's an outlier and that he's a unique guy that basically has never carried, like nobody's ever really carried the ball this much this early in their career. And then the same, by the same token, like nobody's been this durable. Well, okay. It, it, it would tell you that he's ready to not be durable uh, from yeah. that standpoint. I mean, I was looking at it the other day. I looked at the top rushers all time and Emmett Smith in his entire career led the league in carries three times. Hmm. Derrick Henry has led the league in carries four times already. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like, how does that guy survive at the NFL level so long? And like, I just worry that if you make that investment and you don't have a good backup, you, you've sunk maybe your running back room to an extent. Sure. I, I guess the question is what's the investment, right? Like, like with any of these free agents, it's hard to have like substantive conversation, like a truly substantive one without going, without knowing like how many years, how much money, how much guaranteed. But like if Derrick Henry, like I see projections for him, like one year, $6 million or something like, I mean, like, I, you know, like I me, mean, yeah. Like I think it's going to be more than that, but like if it's, if it's a one year deal that that's not hamstringing you at all. Um, my answer to that it's Cody. And we're going to get to the combine here in a second to anything about Henry and him being an outlier. And boy, this, the, the other shoe's going to drop at some point. Like, how is this happening? My answer is always look at the guy. <laughs> like he like it's not just that he's an outlier that he's made it this far carrying the football that much like he's an outlier like just use your eyes and look at the guy like holy yeah. crap yeah, like yeah. it's in a lab <laughs> yeah he, he he does he does like cartoon workouts like you know when yes. bugs buddy when bugs buddy would like work out to like fight somebody like that's what derrick henry <laughs> yeah. does in real life it's like it's it incredible that's great all right so let's get to the um let's get to the combine um so you're there um, and we've talked about the press conferences. Um, what's been what before we get into like specific prospects for the Texans that you're going to be keeping an eye on while you're there? Um, what's been the buzziest topic there at the combine, whether it's draft related or, or you know, just maybe you know, free agency related? And I guess is uh, I know a big one that's probably got both of them involved, but what's been the buzziest topic there? So, from, from a combine perspective, 
I just I, there's so many people that like these offensive linemen, and I just walk away when they start talking about them. Like it's a, I'm sure it's a great offensive line class. I'm not watching them. Okay. No. Somebody asked me, Cody, do you care about the offensive line? I don't. Quit asking. You know, let me do my best, Nick Saban, on that. You know, so um, it's a it's a really good offensive line class, and so they're going to push. They're going to push a good, some good players now. Like like five offensive linemen go in the first round, and five could go in the top yeah. twenty. There's a bunch of freaky dudes. Um, Which is great for the Texans, by the way, right? Yes, They're not in the yes. market for any of them. Push, push those other players down the board. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then it's the wide receivers are disgusting this year. Like there's there's mm. so many good ones. Uh, there's there's mm. there's three guys that on any given year could have been the top wide receiver. Obviously Marvin Harrison Jr., but Malik Neighbors from LSU, uh, Roma Dunze from Washington. Any of those guys could have been the number one wide receiver. Now the Texans aren't going to get a shot at those guys because top 10 they're probably all gone but brian thomas jr from lsu uh, adonai mitchell from texas who is people just believe he's going to absolutely light up the combine workouts and just be an absolute monster um uh, troy franklin from oregon lad mcconkey who is to me you know is is georgia wide receiver six foot white guy and mm-hmm. it, my, my comparison for him is going to sound so strange when i say this he's this year's tank dell I was just going to say, that's what it sounds like, yeah. He's this year's Tank Dell because people have shoehorned him into being a slot-wide receiver. And I'm telling you, watching him at the Senior Bowl and talking to people here, Lad McConkey can run every single route just like Tank Dell does. Now, Dell does gets open on quickness. McConkey gets open a little bit more on technique and being a technician. But they're the, the, to me, they're the same dude. And I'm like mm-hmm. really interested to watch how all these wide receivers play out. Roman Wilson from Michigan is another guy. Yeah. He's like Will Fuller-esque in that he'll just run by somebody. Uh, but maybe he's got a little bit more short route ability. Like wide receivers are, are, are really good. And then, look, there's obviously a lot of chatter about these quarterbacks. Um, but, again, I just walk away and laugh, actually, when people start talking about quarterbacks. I was talking to a buddy of mine who covers the Broncos. I was like, Ugh, you guys are talking to all these quarterbacks, huh? He's like, yep. I was like, how you feel about him? He's like, not good. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and they're picking 12. Like, they're not even in position to get a good one right now, you know, or or one that's thought to be in there. They're sure. not in position to get one of the top ones right now. You know, like, I, was like, who, good. I was like, who's your favorite? He's like, Drake May. I was like, well, you're not getting him. Not, he's, like, not, he's, not. he's like, we're hoping. I was like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, keep rubbing those rosary beads, buddy. That's good. I um I the, the sense I get coming from the combine is that if there were a if there were one big topic floating around out there that people were talking about over at St. Elmo Steakhouse and walking around the combine, it feels like something's about to happen with Chicago. We're either deciding to go Caleb Williams or Justin Fields here. Um, you know, especially considering Caleb Williams is you know, he's he's tops out of all these guys that are that are being talked about at the combine. Yeah, I, I feel like the the comments that the the Bears have made, including Matt Eberflus saying, "Well, we'll, we'll let Justin know when the decision's been made." Oh, okay. Well, there's, there's then he's gone. See ya. It's the decision's been made. Yeah, you just let go. <laughs> yeah. See ya. See ya. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So, uh, before I let you go on the defensive side of the ball. Are there guys that you're going to – because I know defensive linemen, linebackers are doing their stuff today. We know D'Amico talks extensively about the defensive line, and we know he was a lineman. We know he's got a front seven fetish. D'Amico Ryans does. Um, and and now, you know, Steven Nelson walks. I think corner is in play at 23. I think any level of the defense is in play 
that 23rd overall pick. What, do, what, what say you with, with a, with a, a combine slant to this whole thing? Yeah, there's there, the D line rooms really top heavy. I don't think there's much depth in this year's class. Um, and then even the top of it is not anywhere close to say Will Anderson. Like he'd clearly be the best defensive lineman here, which kind of adds to hey, good job trading up for him. Getting them last, last year. year, yeah. They they've talked to some defensive ends that I didn't I did not expect them to talk to. Uh, Braylon Trice is a guy from Washington who's sort of the, the fringe first round, second round type of guy. Um, and I, I don't know that I necessarily expected them to talk to him, but I guess if they're projecting it, you know, you can kind of see it. Uh, Byron Murphy from Texas, three people said, yeah, he's perfect for the Texans. And then as yeah. they said that, somebody standing next to him goes, he ain't getting to the Texans. And it's like, <laughs> all right, well, that's, that's Nick, fair. Not to, he's not afraid to move up. I'm not saying make a Will Anderson move up, but I, I've, I've said throughout the last few weeks, like certain guys, if they get into that – teen range you know brock bowers is one of them i we didn't talk about him but can you imagine brock bowers out there with tank and nico doing their thing like like if he's just 15 or 16 and nick starts making phone calls but not to get distracted but like yeah byron murphy same thing i saw somebody i think it was bucky brooks had him getting to the texans at 23 but you're hearing like no chance, <laughs> no chance. I, yeah i'm hearing i'm hearing no chance on that uh darius yeah. robinson is a guy that I've, I've sort of focused on since the senior bowl uh, Missouri defensive lineman played a lot of defensive tackle for Missouri, but is best suited for a wide nine defense. Which mm-hmm. you know, talk to him at the Senior Bowl, he's like, "Oh, I want to play for the Texans." He's like, "I like that yeah. style of defense. That's what I want to do at the next level." Um, really smart and really confident. Talked a lot about mm-hmm. pass rush moves and scheme and stuff like that when he's at the podium at the combine, and then was also like, "I think I'm the best defensive lineman coming out of this class." But I know none of that matters because when I get to the NFL, I got to start over. And I'm just like, yeah. okay, I, I love I love the mentality. Uh, Chop Robinson, Penn State defensive lineman. Yeah. The stats are, See him are a lot. the stats are putrid. Um, I think he has seven and a half sacks in in a couple of seasons with Penn State. But every Penn State defender talks about Chop is awesome, and he's mm-hmm. a freak, and he's going to test yeah. really well. And so that's a guy that. Has a wide range. I've seen him as high as the teens. I've seen him as low as the 40s. Uh, but yep. the Texans met with him yesterday. That's what he said. He was going to meet with the Texans yesterday. And then they were, they talked to some linebackers, too. Uh, Peyton mm. Wilson, who's the top linebacker in this draft, to me, super freaky athlete. Um, a lot of injury history. Had a shoulder injury into year. Had a knee injury into year. Stayed healthy. Was one of the best players in college football last year. Um, loved the Texans. Said he had a great yeah. – conversation with the Texans. Love talking to D'Amico Ryans. Um, and then they talked to just a kind of couple of different linebackers, varying Cut. levels. And again, depth, if you're thinking mid-late rounds, you know, guys that you know, hey, Henry To'oto moves up a little bit, then there's a new Henry To'oto type player. Yeah, so maybe yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Like, maybe a physically impressive guy, but really smart. Um, Eichenberg, yeah. the, the linebacker from Ohio State mm-hmm. um, is another one. And before we run out of time, I got to get to this here for you. Yeah. Okay. Cade Stover, the tight end from Ohio State. I thought he was going to he's, – he's very – got a great demeanor, very business, very hard-nosed, good old-fashioned country boy. I thought he was going to get emotional talking about C.J. Stroud. He was like, I love yeah. him. He's like, I, 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 I would love to play with him. And I was just like, oh, go get him. Like, go get him. Yeah. What's he like, considered? Like day two, day two pick, Cade, Cade Stover? 
a lot of people consider him the third tight end, which would yep. be a day two pick. Um, yeah. Has talked to the Texans, which I found okay. interesting because Jatavian Sanders, widely thought to be the second tight end, has not talked to the Texans yet. Hmm. Okay. So okay. Uh, Stover and C.J. Stroud doing Buckeye things again. I mean, you could do a lot worse. I'm down, and that may be position a need for the Texans, depending on how the Schultz thing plays out. Cody, you're the best man. I know you got uh, other media commitments you got to go make right now, so go do your thing, man. Appreciate you. Uh, www.houfootball.com. I'm serious, people. You're hearing this. You got to put the www in front. He needs them three W's in front of that, or else it doesn't it doesn't get the hits, right, Cody? Exactly, exactly. Just Cody Stutz Houston football in your Google machine. You'll yeah, find Google it. it. Put it in the Google machine. Yeah, put You'll Cody Stutz Houston football in and subscribe and consume all of Cody's content. Uh, Cody, great stuff from the combine all week. I've been listening to you, following it, and uh, you're doing awesome. And I appreciate you jumping on with me, man. Absolutely, man, Sean. Anytime. Okay, cool. Thank you. That's Cody Stutz. All right, let's so let's get all of you what you need. Uh, in terms of uh, we got a mailbag episode coming up uh, in uh, on Tuesday. So uh, go ahead and uh, if you want to send us an email, you can see if you're watching on the stream right there at the bottom, mailbag at gmail.com. You can send your emails in. Uh, this is a great time of year to send emails in because this is a fun time. This is a time where we can fantasize a little bit about what the Texans can do in free agency in the draft. mailbag at gmail.com. I will also encourage all of you to subscribe rate and review the podcast uh if you're just getting the podcast um this one like one off you saw that cody was on and you want to listen to it but you want to subscribe we do an episode every tuesday that's the mailbag episode we do an episode every thursday that is a guest episode throughout the off season here um so tell a friend subscribe rate review all of it is really really good for the utopia football podcast we appreciate that thanks to anthony Irwin, my producer for getting us all set up and getting the podcast out to all of you big thanks to all of you for continuing to listen and subscribe to the Utopia Football Podcast. Should be a great offseason for the Houston Texans. We'll be back on Tuesday. Um, so, I'm Sean Pendergast. John, or I'm sorry, Payne and Pendergast. 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Sports Radio 610. Download the Odyssey app. You can hear that in this podcast on the Odyssey app. Until next Tuesday, have a great weekend, everybody.